Beneath every behavior, there is a feeling. And beneath each feeling is a need. And when we meet that need, rather than focus on the behavior, we begin to deal with the cause, not the symptom. Ashley Warner Hello, my name is Alan Bruce and you are listening to Frog Hopper. Before we get going here today, I'd like to give a special thanks to Angelin M. from Illinois for financially supporting this podcast. I really appreciate it. I believe together we can dilute the negative in this world. If you would also like to support this show, please go to anchor.fm forward slash frog hopper podcast. Your contribution helps keep this show going and covers its costs. Thank you. Many years ago, my wife and I took a trip to Japan with our five-year-old daughter and two-year-old son. It was great. During that trip, I decided to take my oldest on a little daddy-daughter adventure. The two of us headed out for a full day. We were going to shop, go sightseeing, all kinds of fun stuff. But what started out as fun quickly turned into a frustrating afternoon. Our pace was slowed considerably because my daughter's feet started hurting. We would sit for a while and rest, but as soon as we started moving again, she would complain even more. But not just about her feet, now it was her legs too. And as a young dad, I pretty much knew at that point that all hope for the rest of the afternoon was lost. So a piggyback ride to the taxi stand was a far greater solution at the moment than trying to force the fun. She was disappointed in herself, and more so, she was worried that she disappointed me. So I promised her we would try again the next day. We packed it all in and called it good. So we gave it another shot the next morning. We headed off to the taxi stand while she sang songs and skipped along holding my hand. But less than a couple of hundred feet from where we left, she started to complain again about her feet and her legs. Now I wish I could paint myself as the hero of this story, but I can't. More like just the opposite, actually. I became irritated with the way she was acting. I remember throwing up my hands and with my teeth clenched saying, What is wrong with you? We just got started, and if you're going to act like this, we're going to go home right now. I'm sure you've never done anything like that, right? And that is exactly when the tears started. And it's also when I realized I was starting to become a bigger problem than the situation itself. So I took a deep breath and started looking at how I could fix the problem. I offered her another piggyback ride, but being an independent five-year-old, she declined. I offered to take her shoes and socks off and rub her feet, but she reminded me how long it took for her to dress herself. Picking out her clothes and dressing herself was something she was very proud of, and she didn't want me to mess it all up. I offered to take her home, but that was clearly not an option either. So we tried compromise. I told her if she would just bear through it for a little while, I would take things at a slower pace with lots of breaks, and later on we could have some ice cream. Hanging her head a little, she agreed. So we both took a deep breath 
and finished our trip to the taxi stand. We stood there in silence waiting for a taxi next to an old woman dressed in a full traditional kimono. From not far away, she had been watching and listening to our earlier conversation. And if she didn't understand what we were saying, she certainly understood the tone. As we stood there, the old woman approached me and looked me right in the eyes. Without saying a word, she slowly bowed and then turned towards my daughter. She gave her a gentle smile, reached down, and with the love of a grandmother, lifted her up from underneath her arms. The woman carried her two steps to a short rock wall and set her down. She then proceeded to take my daughter's left shoe off her right foot and the right shoe off her left foot. The woman then swiveled her head around and looked back at me as if to say, here is your problem. She placed the shoes back on her feet in the correct order, picked her up, and returned her. She gave me a slight bow once again, and I respectfully returned the gesture. My daughter, now bouncing around like her legs were made of springs, hopped over to the woman and yelled, Thank you, thank you, domo arigato. As for myself, I stood there frozen, feeling like an idiot, and asking myself, How did I not see that? That day at the taxi stand taught me a lesson I've carried with me ever since. The problem was simple. For two days, my daughter's shoes had been on the wrong feet, causing her pain. But I couldn't see it. Why? How was that lady able to see it and not me, her own dad? Well, to start with, I was too close to the problem. What I should have done is stepped back and taken time for discovery. I should have started asking questions. Asking the right questions would have pointed me to the direction of the cause. A little further investigation would have shown me the obvious, her shoes were on the wrong feet. But instead, I got busy trying to fix the problem because that's my nature. I want to fix things. After all, who has time for questions? Let's just fix it. The problem was that I didn't even know what the problem was. I was addressing the symptoms, not the cause. The quote from Ashley Warner starts with, Beneath every behavior there is a feeling, and beneath each feeling there is a need. After analyzing what happened with my daughter, it's now all super clear, but it wasn't then. Her behavior was unpleasant because she was feeling pain. And beneath the pain was a great need to make it stop. It was impossible for her to enjoy herself and not feel like she was a disappointment if she couldn't make the pain stop. I wanted the pain to stop also, but I was focused on her behavior and trying the whole time to address that instead of focusing on the cause of her discomfort. 
When someone asks for my opinion about something, I always feel very honored because it gives me a feeling of value, like my knowledge is actually worth something. My track record hasn't always been good, though, because in the past, I've offered opinions to people without having enough information. Bad or improper advice can place a lot of stress on a relationship. So over time, I've learned these three little rules that have helped me be a better person. First, I've learned to take a step back from the problem and allow some time for discovery. I try not to be too quick to make any assumptions. Second, in the discovery phase, I try to ask more and better questions. I try to ask questions that will allow the answers to drive down to what the cause of the issue is. And number three, I listen. I listen and I listen. I try to be mentally as present as I can and focus on the needs of who it is I'm talking with. Professional counselors and coaches do a great job of addressing serious problems. But not all problems are serious. And sometimes the answers are right in front of us. They just require a little time and a little discovery to find. And we don't all need to be a professional to help a friend. Most of the time, all it takes is just being a better listener. Maybe you have a similar story about how to be a better listener that you would like to share with me. I'd certainly love to hear it. Feel free to reach out to me at froghopperpodcast at gmail.com. My name is Alan Bruce, and you've been listening to Froghopper.